You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, and welcome back to this episode. Today, you're just going to get me a solo podcast or monologue or what I call Jen's Jots, but I am so happy that you're taking time to join me today and listen in on the podcast. Gosh, I cannot believe it's been six years and it just continues to amaze me. And I have so much more stuff to talk about all the time that I just encourage you to please reach out to me at jen at jenduplessis.com. And let me know what kind of topics you want to hear about, who you'd like to hear from. I can uh, reach out and bring these people onto the show as well. Um, And just excited that you're spending time with me today. I know, you know, in the past years, it was funny because people would say, yeah, I listen to you when I work out. And others got a couple of my coaching clients that say, I listen to you when I'm driving to work, but now that's not happening anymore. So I'm sure you're finding other ways and other times to be able to do it. I know for me, I do the miracle morning every morning. And while I'm in my savers, I'm listening to podcasts from my colleagues at one and a half speed so I can get through two a day. Um, (laughs) It's just what you have to do these days. But today, what I want to talk about is, and you won't believe when you hear this from me too, but I was reading a book and I can't remember the name of the book. I think it's called, oh, I know what it's called. It's called Procrastinate on Purpose. So you don't have to read the book. I read it for you. And this particular solo podcast is me taking my perspective of this particular book. And I thought I'd share it with you because when my husband saw the book sitting around in the house, he said, what do you mean procrastinate on purpose? I love this because it's probably one of the biggest problems that we have. We've been married for 37 years. It'll be, well, it's 37 and a half years. And it's the one thing that drives me crazy about him is that he procrastinates. And he saw the book and said, oh, that's cool. I can procrastinate on purpose. And I said, well, yeah, as long as you do have purpose. That's what I got from this particular book is you have to have purpose. So many times I have said that I don't believe in balance. So if you haven't seen those podcasts or haven't heard me on stage or heard me talking, the reason I don't believe in balance is because I always thought of it as standing on two boats next to each other and both boats are in the water and both boats are sort of moving, right? As you're standing on them and you're focusing on the right one and then the left one and the right one and the left one and the right one and the left one and oh, more on the right and more on the left and, and neither get your attention and you're exhausted from doing it. And this is why balance is such a problem in this world. And I hear it My teeth cringe when I'm on summits and webinars and speaking events and people say, I just want balance. Even in my private Facebook group, Mortgage Lending Mastery, people will say, you know, this is my biggest challenge is trying to have life balance, personal, I don't even know what they call it, life work balance. It's something that I believe you can never achieve. So 
if you want to continue trying to achieve it, you're going to be really spending, wasting a lot of your time, a lot of precious time. So I believe in going in 100% on one side and then going in 100% on the other. If you look at a scale and it's balanced, you're 50-50 on both sides. So there's the problem right there. You're 50-50 on both sides. You're a little in and a little in, but not 100% in. And if you want to move forward in anything that you're pursuing, whether it's weight, relationships, business, if you want to move forward, paying off debt, you have to go all in. And the good example of this is, and most of us know this who are listening to this podcast, is that if you make the minimum payment on a credit card, the minimum payment, it's going to take you 26 to 30 years to pay it off. If you never charged another dime, and I'm talking about making the minimum payment, and it doesn't matter what your balance is, because the lower the balance, the lower the minimum payment, right? 25 to 30 years. So basically a credit card making minimum payment is like having a 30-year mortgage and there's no equity growth. There's no tax deduction. There's no pride of ownership, nothing. So in order to pay off a credit card, you have to sacrifice in another area. Let's say not having a latte this week or today, if you're having them every day, you have to sacrifice in one area in order to succeed in another. And so what you do is you say, okay, I'm not going to have that latte every single day, or I'm not going to play golf, or I'm not going to, whatever you do, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to sacrifice in this one area for a while so that I can dedicate all those funds and redirect all those funds into paying off the credit card quickly, quickly, quickly. And this is why balance doesn't work because it's just dabbling everywhere. And that's the key to paying things off. So this is all about that balance. But in this book, he talks about the five permissions to multiply your time. And I thought this was really good because it's just, again, saying that not everything is equally important. You don't have to balance everything. Right now, maybe paying off debt is more important than something else right now. And then later, that something else can become more important than another thing. And so again, to get the results in that one area, you have to forego another area for a while. And keep in mind that time goes at the exact same rate, regardless of what you're doing. But what remains all the time is your choices regarding the imbalanced way that you're going to spend it. And this is a topic that I discuss constantly, which is mastering your priorities so you can master your life. It is the cornerstone of my practice is that when you can master your priorities and you can decide where will I be spending my time, you then can be in control of your life. But we don't master them most of the time. We don't master priorities or we have this misconception of what a true priority is. Just because someone calls you and needs your attention does not mean it's a priority for you. It's someone else's priority that they're dumping onto you. So think through that. I know it disrupts people, especially in sales, because we think we have to jump and how high and flip over for everybody. But if you track those things, and most of the time you're not even tracking, most people don't track because they're too busy doing the flips. They don't track. But if you took the time to determine what that was actually getting you, you'd find that you're not getting the results that you thought you were getting that you were getting them. So managing your priorities 
to multiply your time. And this is something I say in my practice all the time is that I help loan officers or sales professionals and loan officers, real estate professionals, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, remove the chaos. Those that are feeling overwhelmed and stressed and working these long hours, chasing after their business and having their business control them. I help them multiply their results in record time and still have a commanding lifestyle. And how do I do that? Do that through helping them manage their priorities and getting them to understand that it's about the priorities. It's about client attraction, not client chasing, not referral partner chasing, but client attraction, attracting the clients, using your time wisely and prioritizing it so that it's attracting clients so that clients come to you, which saves you time. And then you can prioritize them from there. So there's a lot of work that gets done with time management. And I, again, I don't believe in time management, just like I don't believe in balance. I don't believe you can manage time. I believe that you can make choices for prioritizing and getting the best out of your results. So let me give you a couple of statistics on how people spend their time. Most people spend nine years of their life watching TV, nine years. Can you imagine what you can do in nine years? I can tell you that my son built a multi, 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 hundreds of hundreds of million dollar company in eight years. So nine years watching TV, two years of your life looking for stuff. In fact, there's a statistic out for women that they spend 60 hours a year looking in their purse. Every time I go in my purse, I say to my husband, I'm going in, I'm going in 60 hours a year looking through their purse. But Everyone generally spends two years of their lives looking for things, looking for stuff. The average person gets 116 emails a day. That's an hour a day spent on emails. And I'll bet we spend more than that in this particular industry. And why is all this happening? Because they're just overwhelmed with work. There's external distractions. There's hobbies. All of these things are coming together. Everything that you do in your life consumes your time good, bad, or indifferent. Time doesn't care. It just keeps ticking. So you have to become capable of prioritizing your time because you have to prioritize it properly. So that's really the basics of it. Now in the book, The Seven Habits of Successful People, there's a time management matrix. We've all seen it, Stephen Covey's time management. And I'm not going to go over it. That's something you can look at yourself, but Working in those four quadrants, we've heard about urgent and not urgent and important and not important. And I think that's a very good analogy. And I do appreciate it. And I do look to it occasionally, but I have other strategies that I've been able to use because it's uh, very vague for me. So mine comes from a whole different place that I unfortunately don't have time to talk about on the podcast today. <laughs> but So here's the delusion that we have on prioritizing. We're constantly pulling away from things that we know are important, but somehow don't demand our attention right now. So for example, maybe it's important for you to do a market analysis, right? A complete market analysis for a comparison market analysis if you're a real estate agent or doing a loan analysis for a client, but the phone rang. So we are constantly being pulled away from these distractions. The phone rang. And so that becomes important, even if that phone call is from a friend that's going, hey, buddy, do you want to go golfing this weekend? So that choice like that is where it really begins. If this is truly important for you to do an analysis for a client and you promised them you were going to get it to them by a certain period of time, And then now you have excuses for why that didn't happen because all these distractions came in. 
it's a matter of saying, if this is that important, then my phone has to be turned off while I do this activity. And then when I'm done with this activity, I can check my phone and see that my buddy called, text them and say, hey, I got your message. Sure, it sounds good, but there's no need to have a conversation. And if you want to have a conversation, you could, but it's priorities. And so what happens is we don't really have priorities. We just have whatever comes to us next. And somehow whatever this thing that comes in demand to us gets our attention because we make these emotional decisions rather than rational choices when it comes to how we're going to spend our time. It's emotional for us. It's bing, ting, our phones. Oh God, I'll tell you. (laughs) So my phone is on silent all the time. It never rings ever. It's always on silent. So if you were to call me, I'm probably going to miss your call because I'm doing other things. The phone is just not important to me. I love my phone. Believe me, I just like every one of us. I look down on it constantly and all that good stuff, but it's off because the distractions of the ting bing and having different phone numbers or phone rings from different people and vibrations and all those things drives me crazy. And my husband's phone does that. And it actually stresses me out. It stresses me out for his business. And as you all know, he's in the mortgage business as well, but it's just constant bing, ding, 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 ding. And that's just inviting in distractions. I will get to my phone. I will look at my phone, but at a designated time, once I have completed all the things that I believe or deem to believe are priorities for moving the needle forward on my business on a daily basis. So I think that that's really, really important. So what else did I want to say about this today? I'm trying to think as I was reading through this book, well, let's just go through the five permissions to procrastinate on purpose. We'll go ahead and start going through those here. So one is eliminate the permission to ignore. So saying no to TV, it's giving yourself the permission. Remember, this is called procrastinate on purpose. So instead of watching TV and seeing that as a priority, put it on DVD or whatever it is, PC. I don't even know what it's called. I just record, right? Just record the show. Record the show and watch it later. You don't have to watch it while it's happening. You can watch it later. And it doesn't mean that when later comes, you get to binge watch everything. Set aside a time for it. But give yourself permission to ignore other things. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. If you're saying yes to TV, then you're saying no to getting that comparison done. If you're saying yes to TV, you're saying no to your family. If you're saying yes to TV, maybe you're saying no to working out. So anytime that you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And that's okay if the yes is a priority of yours, but do you even know if it's a priority? And, you know, I think it's important. There's no need to explain why. People say this all the time. It's like, you know, I say yes to my real estate agents or my clients at late at night. And I want to tell them that I have a recital with my kid. I just, so I'll say yes to them and then put my kids on the side. And I just think that's crazy. There's just no need to explain. Just say, no, I have another appointment. That's all you have to say. Unfortunately, no, I'm busy at that time. So the most important immediate area you can prove on to multiplying your time, to getting your time back right now is to eliminate the TV eliminate long emails, just make them short. Eliminate long texts, just make them short. Eliminate long texts by doing audio text. And here's a big one. 
Reviewing and checking already made decisions is such a waste of time. Now think about that. <laughs> As I was reading this book, it was funny because I was like, gosh, do I do that? Do I review and check already made decisions? And I realized, wow, I do. I touch paper quite a bit. And I remember I used to have years ago this philosophy of touching paper once. I'd only touch it once, take action on it, and move it away. And I got to the point where I was carrying around everything with me. That same piece of paper would be flipping and flopping in here, and it's still in the pile. And I move it down in the back of the pile and up to the pile and make some notes on it and highlight it and redraw it, re actually rewrite a list because it got too messy. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I cannot believe that I am reviewing and checking already made decisions, or I've not even made the decision because apparently it wasn't a priority, but I'm thinking it needs to be a priority. And it's distracting me because I'm keeping it on a list when it, obviously it's not a priority or it would have been done. So are you with me on that? Are you getting this? The other is meetings, unnecessary meetings. That's something too, unnecessary meetings. Now, that's a challenge. As I talk to both loan officers and realtors here on this podcast is that loan officers tend to call realtors to ask for meetings and realtors think they're unnecessary. It's very rare that a real estate agent calls a loan officer because I just believe that real estate agents don't understand how powerful loan officers can be for their business because they've had an experience in the past that has led them to believe that all that loan officers want is just referrals. And if you're a loan officer who that's all you want from a real estate agent, you're really missing the boat. And realtors, you're missing the boat too. You're missing the boat on the opportunity to expand your business. But unnecessary meetings. And especially now that we're in COVID, everybody wants every meeting to be Zoom. We hate Zoom. And yet we ask for every meeting to be Zoom versus just pick up the phone. Let's just have a quick phone call. And I experienced that yesterday, ironically, I'm doing something, I'm taking a year-long leadership class because I know leadership has changed. It's changed in the 21st century and it's really changed over the last four or five years. And this year, the big buzzword in all industries across all of my coaching, the mortgage industry, the real estate industry, I'm seeing it with the speakers that I work with. Everybody's talking about leadership. And I thought, let me take a leadership class this year. So all year long, I'm taking a leadership class. And I needed to interview somebody yesterday. And when I called and I said, hey, could I just take 15, 20 minutes of your time to do a quick interview with you? She said, yeah, let's hop on a Zoom. And I said, no, no, I don't really need a Zoom. I just need to talk to you for 15, 20 minutes. So that takes extra time because I'm a woman. And so, oh my gosh, that means I have to make sure I look okay and all that crazy stuff. But I think it's extra time and it's not needed. So think about the unnecessary meetings. Say, is it truly important that you have a meeting about this or could it be resolved through a series of texts or a series of audios? And then measure that. Is that too time consuming? And there's mishaps that happen in the communication versus just having the meeting. But really looking at, are they unnecessary? Soliciting unnecessary feedback. Make your decision and move forward. It's not necessary to get feedback from other people. And especially when it's unnecessary, unnecessary feedback. If you know where it needs to go, then just go with it. You don't need to ask everybody's opinion on everything. If you need counsel, that's one thing. So let me tell you about that real quick. Opinion is grandma telling you how you should run your business because she was a homemaker and she knows how you should run your business. That's opinion. 
There's no expertise behind it. Counsel is a whole other thing. That's soliciting necessary feedback. Getting counsel from someone who's an expert and has been where you want to go is where you want to go. So for example, like me, I've been a top producer. I've done a billion dollars in funding. I've been in the industry for 35 years. I've been a lot of places where you want to go. And so getting counsel from someone like me as a mentor, as a coach is smart. Getting opinion from other people is not smart. And I would say that about myself too. So I'm not talking about most of the people that are listening or anything. I'm saying that this is something I have to contend with too, is do I want an opinion from my husband who doesn't know how to create funnels and landing pages, sales pages, and things like that? Or do I want to go to someone who creates those and get a better result because I'll get my result faster? So the next thing is explaining things to others. Again, you don't need to explain things to others. Now, obviously, we're in the lending and real estate business, and we need to explain how things work. Well, I'm talking about there's no need to over-explain or justify things. The next thing is over-volunteering. And I don't know that anyone's doing that right now, but the way that I read this, because I love to volunteer and work in charity, but the way that I had read this, the way I perceived it when it came in was over-volunteering, meaning saying yes to everything saying, yes, yes, I can do this and that and the other. And then you look back and think, oh my gosh, no wonder I don't have any time because I just filled my calendar up so full that there's no time for the things that are important for my life. So when you're deciding whether to say yes or no to doing anything is looking at your calendar and looking at the time frames around it, both the day before, the day after, the time of the day, what are you doing before and after whatever it is you're being asked to do? And then look at the weeks before and after. Do you have enough time in the other areas to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish? Okay. Number two is automate. Give yourself permission to invest in anything that will help you automate. Time is money and time can be bought. And that's what's really good about it. Time can be bought and multiplied with money. And what I mean by that is I don't like doing certain things. And so I invest in someone else to do them because that gives me back more time where I can make more money. And so it's doing activities that are above the pay grade of the person that I'm hiring. And it ends up multiplying what you make every single time. You know, it's not investing in a dull and repetitive practice that someone else could do for you. So hopefully that's resonating with you a little bit more. So excuses cost more. Lack of knowledge costs more. There is a fine line, I get that, that if you don't have the funds to hire someone for social media and you want to learn social media, of course, go ahead and learn it. But there will be a time where you can't dedicate it to that. And now social media posting and interaction and engagement may end up being something that isn't as important as something else, and it can be delegated to someone else. So automation is to your time what compound interest is to your money. It compounds. So when you can hand off something else to someone else, it allows you to manifest, create, implement, execute on, and create the momentum in the area you want to create, and that compounds on itself. 
all the time. So delegation, number three. And I kind of just moved into the delegation part of it. It's realizing that delegation was important. And I think it's also important to give yourself permission for imperfect delegation. And what I mean by that is that I realized this several years ago when my business started getting more and more busy and you're first new and you have one or two families that you're helping all year, you can covet them and hold them close and call them George and you can babysit the entire process. But when it starts getting bigger and bigger, you're not able to execute on everything that you did before in the capacity that you did. So for example, I've heard people say, and I said it myself, I had this chip on my shoulder. They want me. They want me because I built this thing and I provide them this great service and I'm always available and all these things that I say. But what I started realizing was that when my volume got higher, I was actually doing everything a little half-ass, right? I was starting to not do everything 100%. I thought I was, but I wasn't doing everything 100%. I was slowly disseminating, slowly diminishing down where maybe my phone conversation with a client wasn't exactly 100%. It was now 60%. And it required that I go back and ask more questions because I wasn't quite there the first time. It might require that I overlook things in loans. It might indicate that I missed a meeting because I overbooked myself or I didn't know or something. And so what ends up happening is where you are 100% when you have a small amount of volume that you're doing in a lot of different capacities, you're 100%. When your volume increases and you're struggling for time and you're looking for time and you can't find time and you need time. In fact, someone in the Mortgage Lending Mastery Group said one of their struggles is getting more done with less time. It's not about getting more done with less time. It's about getting less done with the time you have. And so for me, whenever I hired someone, they weren't as good as I was. They were like, I don't want to hire them because I might as well just do it myself. How many times have we all said that? Might as well just do it myself because they can't do it. Well, they're doing it at 80% when technically you've been doing it at 60% because of your volume. So we have to give credit where credit's due and assess and say, you know what? It's okay that they're not perfect like we used to be, but they're more perfect than we are by far, right? So have them do the unimportant and not urgent tasks to sort of get them off of your plate. Okay. Number four, permission to not complete a task. Decision that now is not the right time to do it. And this did happen to me. Remember I was telling you about the papers moving back and forth and I went through that list and I said, wait a minute, I'm going to give myself permission to not have to do this right now. I'm going to put it what I always call a parking lot. I'll put it on my parking lot and I'll revisit it later. And it's funny because for 2021, I went through all of my content from 38 years of speaking and coaching and lending and teaching and coaching and lending for years and years and personal growth and all of that. I had gone through all my content and I had a ream of paper, 500 plus pages of paper of content. And I was carrying it around my house. I put it in this pile and then I put it by this and I'll do it in the morning and I'll put it here and I'll do it there. And and it was um, really stressing me out and I couldn't get through it. And I kept saying, I'm so far behind. I need to work on this. I need to work on this. And I realized that, you know what? I don't have to bite off all 500 plus pages. Let me just take a handful, which ended up being nine, 10, 12 pages, just a handful. I put the whole ream into a cupboard 
into a cabinet in my office and put the difference in my hands and said, okay, let me just bite off small pieces. And that's giving myself permission. You know, it's like procrastinating on purpose, not feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to get 500 and some pages done, but rather I just need to get eight or nine done today. And then I'll go pull another eight or nine and get them sorted. And thankfully you can see one of my stories on Facebook is I finally got it all done. Right. And it was funny because I read this book, because I read this book some time ago, but It was just one of those things where I said, okay, what can I do? I teach people how to do this. So let me put myself in their shoes. And that's why we all need coaches, right? Even I need the coach. And my coach even helped me saying, I'm really having a hard time, not even just sorting it. It just, how do I want to categorize it? And really getting help from my coach to be able to do that as well. So it pays off when waiting to do these other activities and it creates patience. It allows you to start creating patience in your life that everything isn't super, super, super important, that everything isn't last minute. It also, interesting enough in the perspective of whether or not you're considering buying a service or something, it reduces the unexpected cost changes as well. Because what happens a lot of times is if you make a decision too quick, And this is buyer's remorse, right? If you make a decision too quick, you kind of revisit your decisions you've already made. And then what happens is you start saying, oh, hey, I want to make some changes to it. And that starts costing more money. So it's better sometimes just to delay the decision and make the decision when the time is right and make it fast when the time is right. And my uncle used to say, early is risky and last minute is right on time. It reduces the costly changes. And I could never really understand it until I got into the business. And it's funny because there's a Lou Holtz. I don't know if it's Lou Holtz now that I'm thinking about it, but if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't bother, right? And it's something that's used in sports and everything. And I like it in our business too. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't even bother coming. And it's kind of the same process here is that when you feel like you have to make decisions really quickly, procrastinate sometimes and make better decisions because you've had time to think through all the other options that might be there. So there is a fine line in working through that. Okay. Number five is concentrate. It's permission to protect, to say, okay, let me concentrate on this and let me see how this is going to look in the long haul because If it's significant and it matters in the long run, then I want to take the necessary time to make the decision. Is what I'm doing right now the most important, significant use of my time? And this is something that I share with my clients all the time. Is what you're doing right now the most significant use of your time? If it's no, then push it aside for a later decision, put it in your parking lot or delegate it to someone else and have it be a priority for them. Your highest obligation is to your highest self. That's the bottom line. Your highest priority is to making sure you take care of you personally, professionally, psychologically, mentally, with your family, spiritually, all of it. That's your number one priority. Master your priorities so you can master your life. It's recognizing what is the highest obligation for you at that moment. 
Is it reading emails? Is it picking up the phone? Is it watching, listening to all the bells and whistles because of Clubhouse or Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or any of that? Is that the highest priority or the highest obligation that you have for yourself at that moment? And if it's not, give yourself permission to procrastinate it, procrastinate it on purpose so that you can get done what you need to get done to move the needle on whatever it is you're working on, your business, your personal life, your finances, your physical well-being, whatever it is, give yourself permission to procrastinate returning phone calls because you'll get to them. You will just get to them when it's not someone else's priority necessarily. So you'll have to think through those and try to figure out what is necessary, what isn't necessary. And watch the Fast Track Fridays that I have in the Mortgage Lending Mastery private Facebook group. And if you're not a member, just apply. But watch that because there is a difference between being on demand and being in demand. And you have to make that decision every day, all day long, whether you're going to be a person who is on demand all the time, everybody else's priorities, or whether you're going to be in demand and have your own priorities and then reach back out to people at appropriate times and not losing business. I get all that, but reaching out to them at appropriate times when you can dedicate 100% of your time and attention to serving them rather than whimsically responding and then not remembering the conversation because something else was important to you, but you decided to take on someone else's priority. So anyway, that's my thought on that particular book. So read through the book if you want, but you don't have to. I just gave you all the cliff notes. I hope that you go in here and just kind of look at this a little bit and that this makes a change in your business. And as always, I appreciate you listening in. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome to the community. And please write us a review. Take a minute here to just scroll down on your iPhone. If you're on your iPhone, scroll all the way down to the bottom and write a review, write a quick review and give us a five-star rating. Always let us know what you're looking to see. If you know, oh, I'd lo- I wish she would talk about this. You can certainly put that in the review if that's what you want. Or you can, again, email us at support at kineticsparkconsulting.com and we will take on any suggestions or requests that you all have. And while I have you here, I just want to remind you that we have the Cracking the Top Producer Code Workshop, February 12th, 13th, and 14th of 2021. It's a free event. It's virtual. It's for two days from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on Friday and Saturday. And bring your team, bring your partners, your referral partners with you so that you can learn some of the tips and techniques and strategies and ahas for both mindset and the tactical piece of running your business in these soaring 20s during COVID to ensure that the momentum that you're experiencing right now and reeling in continues for today and beyond. So I will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. Hey, Jen DePlessis with Kinetic Spark Consulting. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. And I want to start off with a story that will bring all of this together. And it's a story about an eagle and a crow. And a lot of people don't know this, but The only bird that dares to peck at an eagle is the crow. And what it does is it flies up and it sits on the back of the eagle and it bites its neck. It just pecks at its neck. However, the key here is the eagle does not respond, nor does he fight with the crow, even though he's three times his size. The eagle doesn't waste time or energy on the crow at all. 
It simply opens its wings and begins to rise higher into the sky and into the heavens. The higher the flight, the harder it is for the crow to breathe. And then the crow just falls off due to lack of oxygen. So stop wasting your time with crows. Stop wasting your time with people who peck at you, who dig at you, who want to start a fight with you, who won't go along with you. Just take them to your higher heights and they'll simply fade away. So today we're going to be talking about setting expectations, your process, and operations to help you soar. So what if we thought about the thought behind what if life happened for us rather than to us? This eagle could easily be saying, why is this crow on my back? Why is he bugging me? Why is he fighting at me and pecking at me? And it's the same for us. We think, why is this happening to me rather than why is this happening for me? Because in the example of the eagle, because it's happening for them, it spreads their wings and soars them to new heights so that they can eliminate this pest of theirs. And if we look at it in the same way, it can change our outcome, the true outcome that we're looking for, where you are now versus where you want to be. So in COVID, for example, what if we were so thankful and look back on this time as a foundation for our business and our life? At the end of the COVID challenge, wherever you are in business now, you will know new things, obviously. And bringing those new things on in a positive life and looking at it as, hey, this is happening for me, not to me, not the negative naysayers, but the positive outlookers. Is it possible that it could be the gasoline or the rocket fuel that propels you to heights you never even thought about? Really seeing today, tomorrow, and every day moving forward as a gift, as a gift that you have the choice of either being bitter about or being better about. So I'm going to encourage you to use your courage muscle. And it takes courage because there's so much negativity around us all the time. Sans COVID, there's negativity around us all the time, naysayers around us all the time. But I'm going to encourage you to use your courage muscle to take massive action to get yourself off the sidelines and get yourself into the game. You see, for me, I feel like the number one reason that people don't succeed is their beliefs. And I'm a product of that as well. Many of you know that I've struggled in the past in my practice and in my life because it was the limiting belief I carried with me that I was not worth anything, that I would never become anything. And that limiting belief is what propelled me. And it was a story I told myself that... I had to work endless hours and be the best I could possibly be. And quite frankly, in my limiting belief, it was to be the best. And that limiting belief also held me back. Of course, it moved me forward in my case. May not be in your case. Maybe. But it also held me back because it didn't allow me to make good quality decisions, wise decisions for myself because I was always looking for something bigger, badder, and better to be able to prove to people that I was not that person, that lie that was inside of me all the time. And I still struggle with it. And I know that a lot of us do, even when we get over, so to speak, our limiting beliefs, they're still always going to be there. 
But I want you to consider taking massive action to get off those sidelines and into the game. And it does take courage. And it's a muscle that has to be developed, a muscle that you have to constantly work on when that inner voice starts talking negatively to you. Beliefs stop most people from success. And it's not visible. It's not a visible thing. And we run around trying to do all the tactics and the strategies. But this is an invisible thing that prevents us from being successful. And that's what makes it so hard. We can't see it. We can't touch it. We can't move it. It's that story that we tell ourselves subconsciously, the imposter syndrome that we have on occasion, the I can't story because I'm not in the right area. My company is this or that. I'm new. I'm too old in the business. I don't want to start over. I don't have a husband. I don't have a wife. I have a family. It's holding me back. I didn't have the privileges. I didn't go to school. And we tell ourselves, well, I could do that, but here's all the reasons why. And whenever you find yourself saying that, you're identifying your limiting beliefs, those invisible things for you. See, it all stems from that place, that thought that lies use to protect us. These lies are there to protect us. This is, well, they're not there to protect us, but they are there protecting us, protecting us as a defense mechanism so that we don't get hurt, so that we don't look like we failed, and numerous other reasons. But I want to bring this to the forefront today. So let me ask you this. Who's steering your ship? Are you? Or is your ship sinking because of that limiting belief? Is it someone or something on the outside that you're telling yourself, when COVID hit, when COVID's over, then I'm going to this. I can't do something because it's COVID. I'm hearing a lot of my clients saying, well, I can't have one-to-ones because it's COVID. Well, yeah, you can. You can do a Zoom calls. You can have actual conversations on the phone and using those external influences to hold you back. Others may be saying, hey, others have teams. I don't have a team, so that's why I can't move forward. Other companies are better. Their turn times are better. Other companies pay more commission. They're larger. They're smaller. They have construction. They have renovation. They set up teams. They have training. All of those things, those external fluences that we're telling ourselves, and this is still a story that you're telling as to why you aren't doing more business. Or is it something on the inside? The inner voice saying, well, I've tried this before. It won't work. If I were just smarter, if I had more tenure, if I had more money, I'm not good enough. I need to learn more. It's uh, maybe I need a different company. And listen, that girl lives in me too. So we have to fight it every day. And really that's where that courage muscle comes in because when it happens, that muscle gets developed in a manner that helps you overcome it. And definitely I can tell you that I've overcome it several times and I'm slowly chipping away at that bitterness of my past in preventing me from being successful the way I want to be successful, slowly chipping away at it. And there are good days and there are bad days, but that's why that muscle needs to be worked all the time. And look, I'm not sharing anything new, but I want to give you some perspective to sort of bring this home, especially right now during COVID. It's a great story. It's a story of two restaurants. And I know that each of you could be going down, driving down your town, in your town and seeing, wow, they closed. Wow, they are doing great. We've been to restaurants that 
are doing well. We're finally able to go to some restaurants that do well. And yet the restaurants we wanted to go to aren't there anymore or haven't reopened. They still have the sign up saying closed due to COVID. But let's take two restaurants during COVID, three miles apart from each other, just three miles apart. One's on one street, one's on the other. One restaurant owner has his arms crossed, leaning back saying, where's my cheese? Who moved my cheese? Which, by the way, is a great book. Who moved my cheese? Saying, give me my cheese back negative, bitter, while the other looks for new ways, new ventures, tactics, and methods, challenging themselves to do something they've never done before. Well, the first says it's a blame game, blaming everybody for COVID, mad, and he shuts down his doors, and he's bitter. The second one says, you know what? We're going to get better. We're going to get better during this time. And he goes to Lowe's, And he builds an outside drive-through, has six-foot social distancing, and he reopens in two days, and he grows massively. What's the difference? It's the same, same virus. It's the same situation. They're in the same town. The difference is that one person lied to themselves. That inner voice started lying, the limiting beliefs, while the other changed his story. Tactics alone aren't enough. Yes, he went out to Lowe's. He built the drive-thru, had social distancing. That's a tactic, but it can't start. It's not enough if the story doesn't change your mindset, if the story you're telling yourself doesn't change. So let's go forward five years. Five years from now, what are these two restaurant owners going to be saying? Well, the first one's going to be saying, COVID killed my business. I had to shut down. The government didn't help me everything. I'm mad being bitter. While the second restaurant owner says, COVID was a new beginning for me. Thank goodness for COVID. I never would have grown this much if it hadn't been for COVID. I now have five restaurants. Better, not bitter. And again, what was the difference? Very simply the lie that was told to themselves. So what does that mean for us today? Whether we're in COVID or out of COVID at the time that you're listening to this training, we're always going to have our own COVID. It's just like recession. When the world has a recession, we think everybody's in recession, but we have our own recessions all the time. There are all kinds of times when You lose a big account. You lose a deal with a client who is very influential at a company that you were doing business with, that interest rates go up, that values of homes drop. All of that. We have our own COVID all the time. It's how we respond to it that's going to make the difference as to whether we are successful or we become a failure in business. So what does this mean for us today? It means that your beliefs impact your business. Day in, day out, every single day, they impact your business. They did a year ago. Think about where you were a year ago. Were you experiencing some outside influence that changed your story, that your limiting beliefs held you back? These beliefs impact your business today. And I promise you, they're going to impact your business in the future. It's your choice to either be bitter 
or get better. When a guideline changes, when a new state contract comes out, all of that is your choice to be bitter about it or to get better. And honestly, that's when you change your story and move to simplicity and growth because they live right on the other side of the complexity you may be feeling or telling yourself today. So let's get in front of that wave. How do we get ourselves in front of the wave? So I want to ask you some questions. Think about the stories you're telling yourself right now, today, and the outside influences that are impacting the volume of business you're expecting to do right now, or the changes that you want in your practice right now. What are the inside stories? What are the self-talk? What does that look like? What does it sound like? And once you've written those down, ask yourself this question. What changes have you made to help your clients and your referral partners with setting expectations so that you can change the end of the story? And particularly right now when it's very busy, and I have to say, when if you're listening to this and it's not busy, you have to set expectations as well to help people through bad times and low times. And you have to level up and dig in and lean into that relationship and lean into serving and over-serving. But what changes have you made? Or are you just standing back and complaining about it and doing the blame game? Then ask yourself, what have you changed in your process to up-level your ability to over-perform and create raving fans? Remembering that raving fans are loyal and they stick with you. They stay with you. This may sound mundane in the process, but as you're spreading your wings and going to these higher heights and you have these outside influences and these internal struggles that you have, it's important to look at your process as well because you get so consumed with you that you fail to look at and remember those that are serving you and trusting you to come to you for business. So what's changed in your process? What shifts has your company made? What shifts have you made in your team to serve increased volume, to help during cases of lower volume? What shifts have been made and how do you adapt to the shifts that your company makes? How do you help your team adapt to the shifts that you make? What brainstorming have you done? Or is your brainstorming waking up at two in the morning and panicking? So I want to ask you, what action could you take today to get you, yourself, in front of the wave with a better mindset versus a bitter mindset? And taking the reins and getting out off of the sidelines and into that game, helping your courage muscle grow and develop, finding new ventures instead of throwing your hands up and saying, I don't know what else to do. Because see the powers in you. Everything we have in our life is choice. Everything. The way that we choose to respond to negative, positive, encouraging, inspirational, motivational, the way we respond is everything. So I encourage you to go back through this, listen in, journal about it. What are those limiting beliefs? What is the story that you're telling yourself so that you can emerge high in the sky, spreading your wings like the second restaurant owner instead of the first restaurant owner in times of high volume and in times of low volume? 
because both have a major impact for you. So I want to end our time here together with a quote from one of my favorite people, Jim Rohn. And here's what he says. And I think it's pertinent for this particular training. Don't let your learning lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action. You've just learned something here today that says, yep, I got it. There's a story. There's an eagle and a crow. There's a couple of restaurant owners. Yep, I learned that. It's great. Hmm. Yeah, am I a bitter or better? But you don't take the time to journal it. You don't take the time to change your process. You don't take the time to set new expectations and shift those expectations to meet today's marketplace so that you can get yourself ahead of that wave and emerge flying high in the sky while everyone else falls to the ground because they didn't have enough oxygen to keep going. That's your challenge for today. I'll talk to you soon. Hi there. It's Jen Duplessis. How are you? Okay. So I know I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I want to make sure that we got it again. We are offering the opportunity to do live coaching with me in a panel setting as part of the podcast. So if you are interested or you have a challenge, you have a struggle that you have, you want to grow your team, but you're just not sure how to do it, or you just have some basic questions about your business, I would love to have the opportunity to coach you as part of one of our episodes of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm really excited for this opportunity. Now, we already have some people that have signed up, so there's a waiting list, but get yourself on the list. Get yourself on the, on the list to have that opportunity to be a market influencer. And listen, I've mentioned this several times before. When you're vulnerable, it's attractive. When you are willing to go out and say, hey, I have a struggle and I need some help. And the bottom line is, if you want the help, then get it. It's an offer I'm making to everybody. But that vulnerability isn't that you don't want your loan, your real estate agents to hear about it, or you don't want your loan officers that, oh, I've got this myself and being strong. It's actually a defense mechanism and it's not attractive. What makes people attractive is when they're very vulnerable saying, I have a problem. I need help. Can you all help me? And the best part about it is when it's all said and done, you're going to get the help that you need to move your business forward. So I'm going to encourage you again to send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com. And we'll have that link down here in the show notes as well. Send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com and we'll get you on that waiting list and get you into a panel of no more than three people. I probably won't do two people, but I need three, but not four. And we'll use that time in a podcast to answer your questions and get some on-the-spot coaching. So I look forward to having that opportunity to help you out. If you feel it's relevant for you, then get yourself on this. We're going to be doing it all year long. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and hope that you want to take advantage of it as well. So I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. 
Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.